Hi, everybody. Welcome to our ninth episode of Life, Life with, with My, my person. person. So today we um, named our episode um, At Gunpoint because both of us have had experience with being held at gunpoint and we wanted to tell our stories of what had happened and then we wanted to get into the PTSD of it and how we actually dealt with it. Yes, we definitely have had our experiences with guns in our faces and just being told what to do with the gun in your face. And it's um, it's very traumatizing. Mm-hmm. So we are going to um, crack open these lemonades. And what we are trying tonight is, I've never had this before. It's a blueberry lemonade, but it's made from Smirnoff ice. And... If you know Smirnoff, you know it used to be the jam back in the day. Well, they're trying to make a comeback, it sounds like. <laughs> but they have a blueberry lemonade, and I'm excited to try it. So, so am I. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> so, I was like, it twist off. I was like, why can't I twist it? <laughs> oh, it smells good. Mmm. It's high. Yeah, it's really, <laughs> I expected more. <laughs> I feel like my um, expressions to these are all the same. This one's no. pretty good though, but I did expect more. Yeah. Blueberry. I really did. I thought it would taste more blueberry. Mm-hmm. No, oh, whatever. So when I was held at gunpoint, mine happened about 11 years ago. I will never forget the day. Um, It was in September of 2009. Um, I live in Aurora, Colorado. And I was actually, I had two jobs that, that year. Um, I had just started my internship for, or no, I had graduated in May. I'm sorry. I just started my first job in the medical field as a, um, a medical assistant. And then I was working at night for FedEx. I was actually package handling at night. I would get off at around eight o'clock, seven to eight. And then I would, um, come home and go to bed and start my day again. And so this night, I decided to stop and get the mail. And the mailboxes were on my way up to my driveway. I lived in a townhome area. And I had a driveway underneath the carport. And then you would just walk into your fence and go into your house. Well, I had gotten the mail. I pulled up to my particular carport. I had the door open. And, um, my brother, I could see him actually through the fence. He was sitting on the couch watching TV and I went to go grab my mail and these two guys were walking up. Now, mind you, our neighborhood at the time, I knew everybody. Um, so a lot of people knew me as a, I'm a smoker. So they would come up to my house and, you know, Hey, you know, you got some cigarettes. Do you have one I can have? Um, I was an idiot um, I actually went to go grab my mail on my passenger side, but when I saw them walking up, I put the mail down, turned around, grabbed my cigarettes, thinking that's what they were coming up for me for coming up to me for. 
And I opened up my pack and I was like, hey, do, do you need a cigarette? You know, what's up? And they both pulled out a gun. Um, one of them stood in behind my car and had the gun facing the back of my head. And the other one pushed me back into my car, pushed my head down so that I couldn't see him and um, made me sit in the driver's seat um, with my feet out. Um, the gun was up to my cheek. Um, it literally hurt. It was a sawed off shotgun, I could tell. Um, I'm not a gun person, but I do have a dad and mom who are in the military. So they used, you know, I was pretty educated in what was what. Um, <clears throat> so the man held the gun to my cheek and said, give me everything you have. And I had just started my jobs, so I had no money whatsoever. I, um, opened my wallet and kept my face down and just showed him like, I have no money. Like, there's nothing in there. And he said, what's that? What's that? And he was pointing at my credit card. And I was like, it's my credit card. Take it. It's You know, just take it. And he was like, no, I'm about to get in this car. Me and my homie are about to get in this car with you. And you're going to drive to 7-Eleven. And you are going to pull out all the money in it. Oh, my God. Well, this is where it got really bad. Because I had literally... $5 in my bank account. Mind you, an ATM only allows you to take 20 bucks out. So that is when I started crying and I was like, I have nothing. This man literally let me look through my car for change, anything that I could find. Oh my God. Um, and he just sat there with the gun, letting me dig in my car. I was a teenager and my car was a mess and well, it was in my early twenties, but my car was a mess, and um, no, you ain't that young. No. He still, <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> um, so when I started crying and I started screaming, I have nothing. Um, he uh, he pulled the trigger. He or he didn't pull the trigger. He cocked his cocked his gun back, and I could um, hear uh, something fall to the ground, and. Um, uh, he told me to shut shut the fuck up, bitch, and basically said that if I said another word or if somebody came outside that I was going to be dead. And I kept telling him, I really don't have anything. This man sat there for what was probably 45 seconds to a minute. It felt like five minutes, 10 minutes. He had no idea what to do. I was crying. I was trying to be quiet. All I could think about, and this is the weirdest thing, is I'm going to die tonight. The ambulance is coming to get me, and my mom is going to be mad. And she's going to be mad at me. And I just saw flashing lights in my head. I I don't know what I was thinking, why I was thinking that. Um, like, why would she be mad at you? I, I have no idea. Um, but... When he realized that there was nothing, I, I was literally staring at the fence and I could see my brother sitting there and I was like, please just look up, look out something, but you can't see me because it's all dark back there. They didn't have any lighting, you know, HOA didn't update the lighting system, all that stuff, you know, it's just, it Fantastic. was really dark back there. And charging fees though. Oh, 
The worst part about it was when he realized that he didn't know what to do and I was probably going to die for no reason. Um, he decided to make me go into the backseat of my car and throw my cell phone up front. And that's exactly what I did. I followed his instructions and he told me to count to 60 and not to put my head up. And if he saw cops coming to my house, that he would come back and kill me. Um, so I sat there with my head down and I counted to 60. I heard the door shut. And for some reason, I thought that they were in the car and they were going to take me away and nobody was ever going to be able to find me. Um, but when I looked up after I counted to 60, they were gone. They didn't even take my cell phone, which was very, very weird. Why wouldn't they take your phone? I know. Like, like they were trying to rob me, but then they wouldn't take my phone. Now, mind you, um, the crazy part about it was <laughs> the silliest part. When I realized they were gone, I jumped up to the front seat, grabbed my phone, jumped out of the car, got into the house, crying, screaming bloody murder at my brother. You know, you didn't see me. You didn't see me. And I am calling my mom. And I'm like, mom, I was just held at gunpoint. This is not, I don't know what to do. I almost died. This guy almost pulled the trigger. I mean, he had it cocked back, you know, like that was the scariest thing in the world. And she just sat there and laughed at me. Well, not laughed at me. She was actually angry with me. Sorry. She was mainly laughing angry because she was like, what the fuck are you calling me for? Do I look like I have a police car in the back of my pocket? Get your ass off this goddamn phone and call the police. I'm on my way. <laughs> oh, you were right. She was mad at you. Oh, man. <laughs> But I was oh like, gosh. oops, maybe I should have done that first. But I wanted to hear her voice so badly because I just, I think it was just because I was so scared that I was yeah. never going to see her again. And she was never going to see me alive. And, oh, it was, it was traumatic. Um, sometimes when I tell the story, I do get very emotional and I start to cry. But other times it's a little bit easier. Right now with the Smirnoff Ice, it's a little bit easier. <laughs> um... But yeah, um, the worst part about the entire situation was that the police had no patience. I had about five cop cars in my front yard. And the saddest thing was when I was sitting on my stairway, and I'll never forget his name, Officer Aragon of Aurora PD. Um, he calmed me down because my story was not making sense. They did this, then they did this, and then they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, did they touch the car? Can we get fingerprints? After a while of me calming down and being able to relive the situation and tell the story, I was able to say, they shut the door. I don't know if they were wearing gloves, but they shut the door. He did touch it, you know? So they had CSI out there doing um, fingerprinting, but one of the cops came in and was like, can we just go? Because she is not going to help us find our suspect. And we're not going to find him. And that scared the crap out of me. Because after they took my police report, everybody left. My mom went back home. The police were gone. But I was literally sitting in that house all by myself. My brother worked midnight at FedEx. So he did overnights. 
<clears throat> so he still had to go to work after that. So that was that was hard. Mm-mm. Yeah, to be alone like that afterwards. Yeah. I can't imagine that. That fortunately did not happen for me after my robbery. I had Adam. Aaron was there as well. And so I did have both people. So my story is is different, um, but I was held at gunpoint myself and I was actually robbed and I gave them whatever I had. So him, I should say it was one person. So I moved here in 2013 in February, at the end of February, and this happened mid-July, same year. So I was here like five months and I'm like, all right, let's go out. I started this job. I was making good money for that time. And the girl I was in training with was asking me to go out and go to Hamburger Mary's and see a drag show. And I was so excited because I hadn't been out since I had moved. And I love drag shows. Like when I was in Indiana, I went to a lot of drag shows. My mom even went to one with me. Mm -hmm. So it was great. It was amazing. I was so so excited for that. And the show was actually pretty great, too. We won't talk about the most recent one, though. <laughs> no, that one was good, though. <laughs> Shout out to Dragula on Netflix, because that was great. And one of the stars of that show was actually at the drag show. So anyway. She was beautiful. Amazing. So we went to the drag show. It was great. We had a couple drinks. And we were walking back to my friend's car. Since I had just moved, I didn't have my car I didn't know my way around, and this person had lived in Colorado for a long time, so might be a native, I can't remember. I think so. Think a, think a native. But anyway, so she drove, and we were walking back to her car. We couldn't find parking when we got down there, so we parked a couple blocks away. And we parked. We thought, okay, here's a police station. Church is across the street. All right, we should be good. Oh, my gosh, we're dumb for thinking that. So we're walking back to the car. She gets to the driver's side. I get to the passenger side. We're really, we physically had just parted ways walking to our sides of the car when this person comes up on my side and like has the gun out. He, pretty tall guy. So the gun was in my face and was like, oh, give me everything you have. That standard procedure. And so we, I was frozen for the first, it always seems like it's forever, but it's probably seconds. And it's just frozen time, basically. And I was like, I played all these scenarios, all these thoughts in my head because I had just gotten my ID transferred over to Colorado. <laughs> and I had my phone and I knew like wouldn't be able to afford a new one. And I was just so mad. Like, how are you going to take this stuff from me? So my friend is very smart and just hands her entire wallet. Like, here you go. Take it. And me, I'm just still frozen over here. And this fool is going to say, don't get shot over no bullshit, meaning give me your shit now. And I'm like, ah, I'm like freaking out of my mind. So whatever I had in my front pockets, which was like 25 bucks in cash, whatever, and my debit card. Luckily for me, I had my ID in my back pocket and I had my phone in my bra because I didn't, my back pockets weren't equipped for my phone at the time. They were little short shorts. <laughs> <laughs> so I freaking just gave him what was in my front pockets. And thankfully that was enough. But this fool really had the decency to come by a police station. It was dark, of course. He had a mask on. We couldn't really tell what he looked like. My friend knew that he was black, unfortunately. I thought he was 
mixed or light skinned, but I'm like, who knows? Really? I was just freaked out. I'm like, I'll believe you because you know, you had a more level head than I did. I was like, oh my gosh, what the hell is going on? Like, he's about to shoot me in the face. Like it was, it was crazy. It really was. And <laughs> he took our stuff and really told us to have a good night. <laughs> he said, have a nice night, ladies. And I walked away. Who I'm does like, that? You're like, going to fucking walk you away? Just, you just threatened my life and you want me to have a nice I'm, night? I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to have a good night after all that? Mm, so this fool, this fool walks away and we're still frozen there. Like, I, I just couldn't move at the time. And so after we didn't see him anymore and that we couldn't physically see him, that he disappeared into the night, we got into our car or into my friend's car drove around the corner was like honking the horn because we were by a police station so we weren't near the gate where you the police cars pulled in we were on the side where you can see the gate and you can see the cars pulling in and out whatever where they would pull in and out and so we drive around there and we keep honking the horn because it doesn't automatically open of course you have to have a code whatever and so we're just honking the horn blaring the horn and like the finally after doing that for like a minute a couple cops come down and like, what is going on? And we're like, we were just robbed. Oh my God. He went that way. Like, ah, like help us. Like, let us in. Like, I was like, I do not want to stay out here. Like, I was so like, no, I need to go in. I need to get in somewhere. Like, please do not let me stay in this car. Don't let me, don't make me sit outside. Like, oh my gosh, please just let me in. And of course, they just stood outside, took our statements, waited with us. We didn't get to go in anywhere. So I was still outside <laughs> I did not like that. I mean, the officers were nice, though. So they're taking our statements. And then in the middle of that, they actually get a call that another robbery happened like three blocks away. And they actually caught the guys. It was two guys. And so they had us in the back of the cop car. And they're like, hey, we're going to drive over there. You tell us if those are the guys. And I'm like, well, it was just one guy. So whatever. Like, OK, maybe they they had a partner or whatever who was watching or went on to do another robbery, whatever, who knows? So we drive over there and we're in the back of the cop car and I'm like, well, what if they see us? Well, you know, all of that stuff. I didn't want them to know who we were, what we looked like. And my friend was already, you know, concerned because the person had her wallet. It had her ID, had her address. Like they knew where she lived. And so we're like, okay, fine. Like if you can like protect us, we don't want them to see us. And like, no, it'll be okay. We'll be from a distance, blah, 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 et cetera. I'm like, okay, great. Drive over there. It's not the dudes. We're like, no, it doesn't look like them. They had a mask. It's hard to tell, but the eyes don't look the same. The skin color doesn't look the same. Okay, fine. So we go back. We basically get in our car, and she drops me off at my house. And then the end, right? And then she goes home. Nothing. So, they don't do anything. They don't update you on that. Nothing. So that was it for that night. And so... When that, after that happened and we were on the way home, I had, you know, text Adam and asked him to meet me downstairs when I got there. And he really did, like, he woke up because it was, like, midnight or so. He woke up, like, came downstairs, walked me upstairs, made sure I was okay, whatever. Because I was, like, shaking and I was, like, constantly looking around. Like, for a long time, walking in the dark was just not happening unless somebody was with me. And then even Adam was like, why are you looking around all the time? I'm like, I can't help it. <laughs> like, huh. Like, I'm freaking out. Like, I need you to just walk with me and be cool, okay? Like, damn. Like, I don't want any guns in my face tonight. So, we go back to work on Monday because that was, like, Friday. And so, 
you know, she has to apply for a new uh, driver's license. We're emailing back and forth with the police officer. Over the weekend, I noticed charges on my credit card, so I had to go and dispute them. And in the midst of that, actually, the day after I was robbed, my husband's cousin, he was my boyfriend at the time, Adam, but his cousin, Dominique, in Indiana, was shot that week, same weekend. And he unfortunately did not make it. He passed away on the 20th, where I was I was robbed on the 19th of July. That's why I can remember the dates so vividly, because mine was Friday night on the 19th. His was on Saturday night, the 20th. And he was going through surgery, and they were trying to save him. And that's the last that we had known. And I was on Facebook, you know, just trying to distract my mind. And everyone was posting, rest in peace, Dominique, rest in peace. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And they're like, he didn't make it. We didn't want to tell anyone because we thought he was going to make it. And unfortunately, he didn't. And it's just, uh, it's heartbreaking because, like, I lived, he didn't, in two different areas of the world, two different situations. His was kids trying to be in a gang and just shooting some random person and he just happened to be the random person driving down that road at the time and which kills me it is because that man was trying was turning his life around I mean he had a hard life himself and he was doing really well he had he had been at his job for over three years he his girlfriend was pregnant at the time and or you know she already had his baby no I'm sorry she already had the baby so he did get to me yeah and he was actually fixing up a house for them to live in as a family and yeah so and his son is named after him so Dominique will always live on but yeah I'm I'm sorry about that yeah the child was already born so he was able to spend time with the child and be a great father and he was amazing father like this kid is amazing amazing mom too but it just yeah it's heartbreaking because like my husband was really close to him and every time we went back home he would visit with him and see him we were always at his house and yeah like why did I live and he didn't and it 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 does like kind of throw you into that PTSD because you're you're constantly questioning things or for me I was always looking around I couldn't um, fall asleep without somebody being awake and that relates to trauma when I was a child but it was it was really hard to just be me and feel safe walking around like how could I walk around at nighttime like I and it's not like oh everyone's gonna pull a gun on you every person you see is going to but, no, but but it's still like that shock of like holy shit my life is flashing before my eyes and yeah. it didn't literally flash before my eyes I wasn't like replaying all these memories but I was thinking about people I was thinking about oh my gosh like Adam oh my gosh my family oh my gosh my friends like oh my gosh, this is it, like, this is the end, and it was just like, holy shit, like, what can you do to survive it, and there was nothing, you just had to let God take the wheel, and really just let the situation go the way he meant it to go, I was meant to live, Dominique wasn't, and I have decided to not question why, I've been thinking about that a lot, and just other aspects of my life, and the why doesn't matter because like I've said, I said last week, the why doesn't matter. The situation is still the situation. So I just have to take my blessing and thank God that I did survive that night and that I wasn't the one who was murdered, unfortunately.
Like, it, I wish Dominique was still here. I, I know Adam would trade his life for his everything. And yeah, it's just, a, it's a lot to deal with, especially when it happened the same exact weekend. Like, I'm just like, wow, like, how does that happen in the same weekend on the opposite sides of the world? Or I mean, the US, I should say. Yeah. Just crazy. <clears throat> yeah, my, uh, my PTSD was not, um, was not good. I'm, I mean, it was 11 years ago. I'm still, I'm still learning. Yeah. I'm still learning. I'm sure you are too. Mm -hmm. I mean, me and her, when she leaves the house, I'm always like, text me when you get home. Oh yeah. Uh, Let me watch you, walk you to your car, watch you go to your car. You know, like I'm ready. Oh gosh. Just a couple weeks ago, I freaking heard a noise and called her when I was walking to my car. Oh yeah. I'm like, no, stay on the phone with me. Stay on the phone, stay on the phone. (laughs) I did that with your cousin too. I was coming (laughs) to your house and so we have assigned parking here. Um, and somebody was in my parking spot. So I had to literally park all the way down the street. Well, I was leaving here to go to your house and hang out that night. And I had to walk from my house down the street to my car and it was already dark. And I'm like, please stay on the phone. Please stay on the phone. Please. And you know, what is he going to do? He's on the phone with me. He's far away. <laughs> right? Like, what are you going to do? Call 911. Oh, know? my gosh. No, I had a dream like that where I was, like, on a conference call, like, a video conference call. hmm And someone, like, broke into the house. And I was like, call 911. I live in blah, 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 Colorado. <laughs> like, yeah. call them right now. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, what are you going to do? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. So PTSD is very, um, I know that a lot of people go through with it. I am, a mil- I'm from a military family, so I have a lot of friends and family who are actually going through some severe PTSD. Um, so I wanted to, um, just say that it's not something that, um, people can overcome. I would, um... I would sleep with my dresser in front of my door and a knife in my bed because they told me that they were going to come back. And um, they knew where I lived and I had police everywhere and I told them to just go away, go away. They told you know, like, yeah, they're going to come back. Lo and behold, you said that there was another rob robbing down the down the street. Um, So apparently and I will always um, remember it was a black truck that was parked outside of my parking lot. Like, cause you have to go down like the, it's a whole like driveway parking lot. And then you go oh, down the road. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. To turn. Right. So. Cause I remember going to your. Yes. You used home. to come yeah, to my. I, yeah. I, so you know times. exactly yeah. what I'm talking like, oh, about. Oh, that sounds familiar. That's right. Yes. So the black truck would sit by the mailboxes where I was coming in on my left-hand side, you know, like, Mm-mm. and um, sure enough, I saw, every time I saw that black truck, um, there was another robbery somewhere else. Mm. And um, I reported it and nothing was done. And I used to get so scared that these guys were just going to sneak up in my house. The craziest shit that ever happened after that, a couple months later, as I was kind of, you know, easing my way out to safety, um, I actually had one of the officers recognize me at 7-Eleven down the street, and he escorted me back home to make sure that I got in the house okay. It was Officer Aragon. So that's why I'll never forget his name. Um, Oh, my gosh, the officer that we dealt with. 
really like we exchanged a few emails and then that was it. Mm. Like, oh, we don't know if we'll ca- ever catch them. Oh no, I I was just I was just in love with the fact that he was there to calm me down. Yeah, that's you know, he really was like nice. supporting me. He was taking every statement he possibly could, and he understood that you know when a victim is going through some trauma, that it takes them a while to actually calm down and be yeah. able to tell the whole entire story as a matter of fact when you first tell your story you start missing a lot of stuff yeah. because you're just your mind is just racing oh yeah that's we did the same thing yeah because we were both just rattling things off and like wait wait did you see this what did you think did he look like this ah, yeah and yeah. we're like oh my god oh my gosh yeah like, like i never saw their faces i don't even know what color they were like because they had gloves on so i i never i never could identify yeah. and it was so dark for for us and they too. kept my head down like, yeah but um but the craziest shit was um my brother was still working nights and i was still working at fedex during the night time like um like till nine o'clock at night and he would go to work at you know 2 a.m and then work until seven and we were just roommates and um i had lost my job to uh, my medical assisting job. It was my first medical assisting job ever, and I lost it because they said that my living environment, basically, because I lived in the hood, quote unquote, um, was affecting my work environment. I was jumpy. Um, I'm a, I was a phlebotomist at the time, you know, like if somebody scared uh, me while I had a needle and, you know, yeah, I'm jumpy, yeah. jumpy. Yeah, so it was kind of understandable, but I had lost my job. And I was still working at FedEx, um, but my brother left for work one day, and I fell asleep, and I forgot to move my dresser in front of my door. And um, I woke up to a police officer waking me up in the, in the early morning. My brother was freaking out. My stuff, my stuff. I'm like, what is going on? And I come to find out while I was sleeping, someone had broken into our house and stole everything out of his room. TV, Xbox, everything. They had to pass my bedroom to take everything out of there. They had to pass my bedroom to go in there. They literally could have just done something to me. Like my door was wide open. I forgot to shut it. I forgot to put the dresser in front of it. You know, I forgot the safety because I was so tired that because I wasn't getting any sleep that yeah. I just passed out and it just happened to be that night that they came into my house. I don't know who it was when it had like who who came in or I honestly believe that it was someone of his friends. To this day, my ex was in prison at the time that I was robbed at gunpoint oh. and I was falling away. So I. One thing you'll learn in this podcast is I sure do know how to pick them. Okay. This was one of my worst relationships of my entire life. Um, I'm not proud of it at all. Um, But he was in prison at the time of me and um, me getting robbed. And the first thing I do is when he calls, it's, oh, you don't, you know, you can't believe what just happened to me. I wish you were here. I kind of need the safety. You know, I love you. I miss you kind of thing. Uh, and that's what he wanted. Mm-hmm. I mean, so mm-hmm. put two and two together. He's in prison. He knows a lot of people. Yeah. He's been in these streets for a long time. He probably had somebody do that. I think he did. I still do because they didn't steal my cell phone. 
Yeah, so he you're still robbing call you. me. Yeah, yeah, because he knew that you would have to get a new number if your phone was and they taken. And didn't, they didn't want to kill me that night. Because I was back in the day when you would have to probably get a new number at the time. Yeah. Instead of now where you can just get your phone replaced. Yep. But, yeah, I really feel like you probably did. Yeah. And it's still, it's sad because it tormented me for a long time, mm-hmm. you know? But how we deal with it is how we get through it. Yeah. And um, me, on the other hand, there are times where I forget about it and I just run to my car. I'm cool, whatever. Yep. But then there's other times where I'm like, God, I wish I had some mace on me or you know, something. But then I think if I had mace or if I had another gun or a taser or something, I probably would have died that night. Yeah, you might have. Because I think for me, like, I want to take defensive courses or mm-hmm. learn how to disable somebody. And that's been a long time coming. And I guess maybe I just didn't feel ready to do that. But I definitely do now. And it's something I've talked about for for a year or so. And I really do want to get into that because I mm-hmm. think because Adam, Adam and I have talked about that because he's like, well, you can have a knife on you, but what if you don't know how to use it right? Or that person sees it before you're able to get it out and they have a gun and they just shoot you right away. And you're just like, oh, I have this knife, but I couldn't do anything with it. Or they use their own gun against you. Exactly. Yeah. Use your weapon against you. So it's really about learning that, learning those maneuvers or like I used to had carry a switchblade or like. It's hard to describe, but it was one of those that it had the, mine was silver and it had like little holes in it. So it had two on each side and then you opened them up and put them together and then the knife was in the middle. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, but if you're not quick enough to and get it ready, like this person could just take it from you and then stab you with your own knife. Mm -hmm. And so then from then on, I was like, okay, I don't think I should, you know, carry that particular knife on me. So I ended up like carrying a different knife that was easier to open and that I could open with one finger like in two seconds less than that actually I used to practice in my purse like when I would walk down the street and I'm like oh I'll get my knife out just just because and even now sometimes I will put keys in my fingers Mm -hmm. if I don't have anything Mm -hmm. like I did that the other night that you taught me yeah just this just hold them as in a fist and have the keys sticking out from your so knuckles. You can stab them, yep. So I'm like, oh, I can at least like cha cha cha, like pu- punch you run. or whatever. Like I'll scratch you in, in wherever I can, mm-hmm. and then I will run. But yeah, dealing with it is it takes a lot. I have to realize that not everyone is a robber or a killer or someone who's going to hurt me. Well, we're crime junkies, so you know, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's another that's, issue. That, yeah, that really, like, doesn't put it into perspective when you look at crime all day long and then yeah. you're like, wait, there are so many people that are out there like that, but... That's part of the reason why it was so hard for me to leave my my kid's dad because I was scared of being scared. You know, yeah. like, I have three bolts on my fucking door right now. <laughs> um, but this is the first time that I've moved out that I've actually felt safe. So I must be doing something right. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like I'm, I'm scared at night. Like sometimes I can't sleep. Like what was that noise? You know? So I always have to have a fan or a TV on <laughs> because otherwise I'm listening to all the little itty bitty noises. Somebody's uh, in the house. Somebody's in the house. Right. What's, oh, what's and going on? And living in an apartment is the worst of that oh, because you hear all these little sounds and you're like, oh my gosh, what was that? And then it's like your neighbor or someone upstairs or someone outside and it feels yeah. like it's so close to you. And mm-hmm. so yeah, it's. I just really 
you know, keep reminding myself that not everyone that you pass by deserves to be judged like that because mm-hmm. there are some people that smile at you, wave at you, say, hey, how you doing? And you're still like, why are you talking to me? One of my favorite <laughs> movies that depicts that. Have you ever seen the movie Crash? Yes, Crash Where is one Sandra of my Bullock favorite is holding movies. on to her husband tightly because she sees a man yes happens to be a black, black man, man walking yeah. by mm-hmm. yeah yeah but, but she's then, still she's still i love her Sorry. but then you see um terrence howard and his wife mm-hmm. and his wife gets groped and just mm-hmm. oh, gosh that dude is just so fucking gross and then the white cop who's defending all the black people actually yes. shoots a black man on accident mm-hmm. yeah because mm-hmm. he thought he was had a gun yeah, so it was, I mean, it was, you know, it wasn't like, oh, acci- the gun accidentally went off, but it was. He thought know, he was he, armed. He, he thought, thought he was, was armed, but killed. he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And it, so I still think that was an accident because, you know, he he just reacted really quick. Yeah. He wasn't maliciously intent on killing somebody. No. And it. Yeah. But yeah, Crash totally depicts it, it, that. It does because Can't be judging even um, Terrence Howard's wife in there when she's in that car accident. And the the, the car, same guy that groped her yes, has to save her he's life, saving her because it catches on fire. There's gas dripping. It's about to blow up, and she was ready to die. And yeah, she was like, "No, anyone but you, anyone but you." And she wasn't trying to reach her hand out. And he was like, "For me, it was like he had to apologize." I, I'm sorry, like crying. I'm the I'm the one here now. I got to get you out, or you're gonna die. And she finally comes out, and she finally reaches her hands out, and he's able to save her just in the nick of time. It's a movie, of course, but it really depicts real life because everyone goes through something like that. Someone's judged on something, and you encounter the wrong person, and and you get in those situations like. I even had a gun pointed at our car a, another oh, time. Oh yeah, that's right. On our wedding, our, our well, it was not our wedding day. It was, it was our honeymoon. Honeymoon. You we were actually were going. Way. We were on twenty five. We we're in near Colorado Springs. We we're going to Pikes Peak, and because that was like the second leg of our our honeymoon, we went to Aspen and we had a great time in Aspen. We went to Idaho Springs, which was it was cool. We had a couple things. And we decided, you know what, let's just go early. Let's go to Pikes Peak and let's chill out before we go on the Cog Railway, which I recommend to do. It was amazing when they, you know, get it all up and running again next year. But <laughs> so we were on the road and my husband, he, I will say he he knows how to drive. He knows how to weave in and out of traffic, <laughs> even though he's scary sometimes. Sorry, he's scary. the crap out of me. He's not allowed to drive me around. <laughs> Adam's not allowed to drive me around anywhere. <laughs> It's in the contract. But he he sees like five moves ahead than anyone else. And so he was weaving in and out. And this one car just kind of decided, you know what? I don't want you to weave in and out. I'm going to block you. So he blocks him. He almost cuts off a semi-truck. The semi-truck is getting mad, you can tell. And Adam's like, oh, my gosh, this dude is just on one today. Like, I'm just trying to get around everybody. So they play back and forth of getting in front of each other. And... The last time, the dude cuts over to the lane on the right. So we're in the left lane. We're, Adam's like, okay, let me just speed past this dude and get away from him and just like just forget about all of this. So we start to come up on the dude. He turns, he turns his head. He has his left hand on the steering wheel, takes his right hand, puts it over his left hand, and has a gun pointed right at the window at me. Because I'm in the passenger side. Adam's on the driver's side. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's got a gun. 
And Adam, being Adam, was like, oh, what the fuck? You better use that gun. Oh, why you pull it out on me, man? You better use it. What are you doing, man? And he's getting mad. And our windows aren't down. The dude can't hear anything. And and the dude just keeps looking at us. Like, it felt like forever. Of course it wasn't. But you know those moments. It always does. Time just slows down. And I'm, like, ducking in the seat. Like, I'm trying to, like, just crawl into the floorboards. Like, just disappear into the car if I can. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And Adam's like, call the police, call the police, call the police. And so I'm just like, oh my God. Ah. I'm looking at the dude, trying to grab my phone. Oh my gosh, what do I do? I'm like trying to get his license plate. Like, I'm like, okay, if you go up a little farther, let me see his license plate, whatever. Call the police, make the report. And, you know, I don't know whatever happened to the guy, but I gave the license plate to somebody I know that could run background checks and couldn't find any information about him so i really figured that he was military because that was military area being in colorado springs oh yeah Yeah. colorado springs is all oh i should go down there and meet some colorado springs yeah just make sure they don't pull a gun on you but i know i like me some military so many good people in colorado springs like the rest of our trip was amazing i will say but that was crazy too i'm like "Ah, how how and that was just Less than two years from the prior incident. So I'm like, oh my gosh, why is yeah, there another just, gun in my face? It just makes you trigger. It triggered me. And Adam Triggers. was like, it's okay. We're okay. We're fine. We're safe, you know? And I'm like, all right, all right. So it's like that you need that reassurance to deal with it too because you, you need to be reassured that everything is okay. You're safe. You're alive. And everything is going to be okay. And I, whew, gosh, yeah. That, that helps me a lot. And just having... Having that mindset and being able to keep telling myself that and just having someone else to tell me that too really helped. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to end this, um, but before we end our episode, we wanted to give a shout out to our new podcast. Yes, Crime With My Person. It starts tonight. Yes, so please go listen to that one too because we are going to talk about some crime and you're going to want to hear it. Yes, very interesting stuff, very gruesome but interesting um yeah you are gonna love it if you're a crime junkie like us and i know that we had a ton of listeners on our crime junkies um episode yes, so we did yeah we did. um so i'm sure you're going to enjoy this crime with my person people crime, crime with, with my, my person, person.